Test time. Review time. Fill in the blanks. Holy activities can become blank, blank. Heartlessly habitual. Fill in the blank. Holiness is not a condition into which we blank. But one from which we can drift. When we think about these things, consider also how important it is to be growing, progressing as Christians. God gives others the right to see if we are growing. And they can tell. People that know us best, that love us the most. We've been looking at God's servant this week. And on Monday, do you recall what we talked about? God's servant and <coughs> our soul. And how to weigh and measure our soul to determine if it's healthy and growing. Tuesday, what did we talk about together? What did we study about together? God's servant in memory. How easy it is to remember things that would be best left forgotten and how to forget things that we should always remember. And then yesterday, what did we talk about? What did we study together? Internalizing the word and how that a soul that is really robust and healthy and vibrant for God will internalize the word, and we looked at seven ways of internalizing the word, right? That sort of brings us to this point as we think of God's servant. God's servant is encouraging. God's servant is encouraging. Discouragement is such a downer, isn't it? It is such a downer that it can be debilitating. It's been said that discouragement is the dark room of our minds where negativism and sin may come to light. Think about that. Discouragement is the dark room of our minds where negativism and sin can come to light. It seems like it's a whole lot easier to say something or do something we shouldn't when we're discouraged. Isn't that the truth? Well, his name is Joseph. But more people know him by his nickname, what he was called by people in the early church, Barnabas, son of encouragement. Imagine so excelling in equality. Imagine being such an encourager that when people thought of you, they said, we just got to change this person's name. Let's call him Barnabas, the son of encouragement. You know, as people involved in ministry, sometimes we're going to face discouragement and we're going to often be around discouraged people, aren't we? How important it is to remember that God is the God 
of all comfort. God is the God of all encouragement. Second Corinthians 1 verses 3 through 5. And we are never more like our God than when we seek to encourage others in the Lord. Encouragement is always in short supply. It'll always be needed in the church. And people everywhere, friends and loved ones, suffer from discouragement. And there will always be the need for people in the family of God to be able to give them an encouragement transfusion. Because they're down. They're discouraged. And things seem awfully dark. What I'd like to do is look at the life of Barnabas with you as an encourager. But as he modeled the God of all encouragement. And think about this. How he shows encouragement and how we can too. When you look at Acts 4 verses 34 through 37. We'll be looking at six ways that Barnabas shows encouragement. By practicing stewardship. Stewardship. In Acts 4, 34 through 36, he's got some property. He sells it, remember? He lays the proceeds at the apostles' feet. Now, we know he's from Cyprus. We know that he's a Levite. We know that he has a background that will help the early church in many ways. But we also see something about his generosity, his stewardship. There is a big difference between ownership and stewardship. Because in stewardship, there is the awareness that we are simply managing what belongs to another. How important it is to think that way, to be an encourager. I am just managing what ultimately belongs to my God in the Our money and financial resources. Our time. Our time ultimately belongs to God, doesn't it? How about our talents and abilities? Remember in Acts chapter 3 when Peter and John say, Silver and gold have I none. What do they go on to say? Such as I have, I give you. Practicing stewardship, he is encouraging the early church by his practice. Do you encourage those around you by your stewardship of your finances and resources, of your time and of your talents and gifts? Barnabas did. To such a degree that I think if Barnabas were alive today, we would all call him Brother Barney, and he would be the kind of person we'd all just want to walk up and give up to. He wouldn't be a purple dinosaur either. All right. He ain't Barney, but anyway. Continue with me. Look at Acts chapter 9. 
And this is such an important part of encouragement. Extending friendship. When we get to Acts 9, you know, Paul has has become a Christian. Saul has come to Christ. He's kind of now a man without a country. The Jews want him dead. How in the world? This guy's gone crazy. He's now a Christian. And all of the Christians are afraid of him because what a great way for a terrorist to infiltrate, to do damage. The text says Barnabas extended friendship in Acts 9 to Saul. He was quick to encourage a friend. Talk about iron sharpening iron. Wow. Saul and Barnabas. Talk about the right hand of fellowship. Galatians chapter 2. Are you known as a person who encourages people by your willingness to extend Dave, something seldom prayed privately, I suspect, but I know from what I'm listening publicly, seldom prayed publicly. God, give us new people to befriend so we can show them the love and comfort of God. Wouldn't it be marvelous if we prayed that morning? Help me to extend friendship to others and and to show to those who are already my friends and family and acquaintances that type of friendship. In a way, he's willing to go out on a limb, isn't he, for Saul? Aren't you glad he did? Aren't you glad for people who have encouraged you when there were a lot of people that weren't so sure about you? In Acts chapter 11, verses 20 through 26, establishing mentorship. Think about Barnabas here. Establishing mentorship. You have a fledgling congregation in Antioch. Who are you going to call? To help bring fledgling Christians along. There are at least two elders of the congregation here at Bear Valley in this chapel session. Donnie and Dave, I suspect that there are some members of the congregation that would be on neither one of your top ten lists. To send to a fledgling congregation to help newbies, young Christians, grow. But it was a no-brainer. It was an easy choice for the elders for the church to send Barnabas. Think about that. The leaders. We'll send Mr. Encouragement. He's going to encourage them in the Lord. 
He is going to, to, to be a great instructor, but he's going to be the kind of person that many people can just rally around as he reflects Jesus. Establishing mentorship. I understand that from some of the childbirth experts that a baby cannot be spoiled in its first year. I don't know about that, but I wish we applied it more to first-year Christians. <laughs> don't you? That we just, we uh, were so attentive to them and brought them along, they would go from that wham, wham, and waking us up all the time about stuff to where we could see them growing and progressing in the Lord. Amen. Amen. Mentorship, establishing mentorship. Same passage, Acts 11, 20 and following. What happens is, when Barnabas gets there, he sees the grace of God and is glad because he's a good man full of the Holy Spirit and faith. And here's what he does. I have this marvelous opportunity to build my own little kingdom here at Antioch. It's a new church. They can see how awesome and how encouraging I am. I can make them after my likeness. Is that what Barnabas did? He doesn't go territorial on us, does he? Building partnership. Real encouragers practice stewardship. Real encouragers extend friendship. Real encouragers establish mentorship of others. Real encouragers build partnership. He calls on Paul. Building partnership. And as the partnership between Paul and Barnabas goes on, it does become more of a Paul and Barnabas. <clears throat> Yet there never seems to be animosity. Barnabas doesn't say, remember who it was that took up for you whenever you were a new Christian? Don't you think you should follow after me? Here's somebody who recognized ability and giftedness and how he was to be by God's own will Paul was a chosen vessel and I believe with all my heart Barnabas was Paul's great encourager for a long long time am I willing to build partnership in the church or am I a person that I can only work by myself I don't play well with others I'm not a team player how the body of Christ is blessed when the members are partners next look at Acts 15 Restoring relationships. I will encourage like Barnabas and others before and after in restoring relationships that have been broken or hurt. In Acts 15, 
36 and following, let's go on the second missionary journey. Paul and Barnabas agreed. They had agreed that they needed to work together early in Acts chapter 15 concerning the Judaizing teachers. They had a wonderful history and a really good recent present together. And they agree on the nature of the work that they want to be engaged in. Let's do this together. And Barnabas says, let's take John Mark. And Paul says, no way, Joseph. No way, Barnabas. In Acts 13, 13, John Mark had left them on the first preaching tour. Both Paul and Barnabas have legitimate principles that they are making. Paul is saying, Barnabas, he left us on the first journey. We could have used him. He knew what he was getting into. He told him something about the nature of the task. Maybe he had a girlfriend. Maybe he missed mom's home cooking. I don't know. But Mark left. And Barnabas says, you know, Paul, you're right, he left us. But isn't the wonderful thing about the gospel that we give people second chances? Two men can make a really good point. Paul's thinking, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. He's not going. The gospel is too important for somebody to be uh, immature and act in ways that are inappropriate and not becoming to the gospel of Jesus. That makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? You want to be the one that uh, has a dispute with Paul about anything? You've got Clash of the Titans here. And you have Barnabas saying, but we all need a second chance. Who's right? Both make a legitimate point, don't they? And so the work of the Lord is doubled as you read the close of Acts 15. I have no question that Paul loved Barnabas and no question that Barnabas loved Paul. But sometimes, because of your thinking and principles, you may not always be able to work as closely with someone as you have. That doesn't mean that they're apostate. It means that there are personality differences and differences in judgment among us when both are emphasizing principles that are true. Displaying, turn to Galatians chapter 2, fellowship. Encouragers do these things, they show these qualities, displaying fellowship. And in Galatians chapter 2, verses 9 through 14, you have apostolic surprise, apostolic shock. Because Peter and some others have mistreated Gentile Christians by not really associating with them. Remember? Table fellowship. So bothered was Paul by this, and it was a matter of principle. Racism, prejudice, 
he got in his face. Because Peter was wrong. He stood up to Peter because Peter was wrong. Paul did. The apostolic shock and surprise is as follows. Even Barnabas was carried away with the misbehavior that had occurred. It's a sad scene for me in some ways because you see Peter who had preached on the day of Pentecost and who had preached to the household of Cornelius taking an about-face position from what he knew was right. And you see Mr. Encouragement being Mr. Discouragement. So uncharacteristic. So unlike. Paul, through the Holy Spirit, would say, even Barnabas. I would have never believed it. It's so unlike him. Here's what I'd like. I'd like for every student that comes through Bear Valley Bible Institute to be such a marvelous encourager in the Lord that when you mess up and are discouraging and you keep people from holding closer to the Lord by your words and behavior, they're shocked. They're surprised. Wouldn't that be wonderful? The fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Think about it. Love is the foundation for encouragement. Joy is the song of encouragement. I've got a joy down in my heart. Peace is the rest of encouragement. I can encourage others because I am resting in the Lord and putting my trust in Him. Patience, the endurance of encouragement. I'm going to keep on encouraging. Even though there's a cold water committee in the church where I'm preaching, and I said that once and somebody smiled at me, Donnie, and says, I know who the chairman of that committee is too. They can pour cold water on anything and try to, and try to thwart it. Patience is encouragement's endurance. Kindness is encouragement's expression. <coughs> Goodness. Encouragement's attitude. A good man, full of the Holy Spirit <coughs> and faith. Faithfulness is encouragement's confidence. Confidence in God. Gentleness. Encouragement's Encouragement's touch. Self-control. Encouragement's self-sacrifice. I won't just fly off the handle. I won't just say, well, that's just me being me. Self-control. 
cause of encouragement. And let the chapel people say, Amen. Amen. God bless you. You are dismissed. <laughs>